from AATH, the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. This is LaughBox, the podcast for laughter and humor professionals. Here's your host, Chip Lutz. Well, hello, friends, and welcome to the podcast, LaughBox. I am Chip Lutz, your host, and today is an awesome day. Again, because I get to do something in person. I get to talk to Melissa Moore because she is a professor at a university someplace in Minnesota. I live in Wisconsin, so I don't pay much attention to Minnesota, but I'm really happy to have her on the show. I know we'll get a lot from uh, her expertise because she's got an enormous brain. Seriously, one of the largest brains I've ever seen in my entire life. So welcome, Dr. Mork. Thank you. Oh, it's so nice to be here. Um, I am uh, really honored and flattered that you noticed my brain. Thank you very much. Well, I mean, that's just me. I mean, because I know that, uh, you know, you're really, really smart. So I know you because we've been buds for a while. But uh, for our listeners, if you can tell them a little about who Melissa Mork, Professor Mork is. Yeah. Okay. So I'm a doctor of clinical psychology, and my students call me Dr. Mork. In the classroom, outside of the classroom, they refer to me just as Mork, which makes me feel like a football coach. But um, Yo, Mork. Yo, Mork. Can we talk about the syllabus? (laughs) Um, so I, yep, I teach. I'm a professor of clinical psychology and I chair the Department of uh, Psychology at the University of Northwestern in St. Paul. So what's your favorite part about teaching? I mean, that's uh, gotta be, uh, it's gotta be constantly changing for you. It's gotta be one of those things where I like no classes, cause I, I just teach undergrad classes, so no class was the same, but it was always, you know, yeah, rewarding. But you know, what's just some of your favorite parts of, you know, molding young minds? I love taking the content that we're discussing in the classroom and making it funny or talking about stories that are funny or my own personal experiences that are funny and i don't do it like constantly i'm not a stand-up comic but i love being able to talk about okay so conflict resolution and we'll talk about like the tenets of conflict resolution and then i talk about you know conflicts with my two teenagers and how do we resolve it but in i tell funny stories about how that happens and Uh so i really love the ability to bring humor into the classroom and frankly the students are super grateful that I have a sense of humor and that I can show my own like uh, self-deprecating humor and I can laugh stuff off and I can be really transparent and authentic about my screw-ups mm-hmm. because it gives them permission to screw up right. and laugh. And I will say if it will either be, uh, every experience you have is either a good time or makes for a good story. And so <laughs> if you're not having a good time, this is oh gonna be a my good lord! Story. Isn't that the truth? I tell people all the time. It's like you know what you really need to do is think like in a couple of years this is gonna make a hilarious story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You will laugh about it. I promise. <laughs> and so if you're not laughing about it, you need to go to therapy so you can get to a place where you can laugh about. Well, you can't laugh about it. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty much how I look at everything that you know I do as far as you know if it's really a crappy situation. It's like yeah, this is certainly gonna make a hilarious story. Yeah. I might as well just start laughing at it now. Yep, let's look for the funny now. That's yep. really funny. Because, I mean, what's kind of neat about what you were saying, that in your classroom environment, I mean, to me, you're taking theory and making an application. Yes. That, I mean, theory is nice, but application is what works. And so your ability to then take it and make it real and tangible is, you know, helping them kind of like make that span. Because we get a lot of, you know, well, you know, you tap through all the cl- classes you where you, oh. get, you get all the theory and theory, you know, but what the hell do I do with it? Right, they drone on and then you, they test you on it with multiple choice and then you forget it all. But that is exactly what I wanna do with my students is I want them to be able to take whatever they're learning and apply it in their own life because otherwise it's wasted. So right. 
if we're talking about Freud theory or if we're talking about Albert Ellis or whoever, let's actually start unpacking it and seeing how it applies in your own life mm -hmm. and, and how is this going to change you. I want the classroom experience to be a transformative experience and so when they graduate, they have skills in real life, in marriage, in parenting, in the workplace, right. not just stored theory in their brain. Well, so but with your students, so are they all like in the pipeline to become psychologists or are they just like a class that it's one of the cores that they have to take because they've got to take psychology? Well, no. Well, intro to psych is kind of a gen ed course. Right. Uh, but I still want that to be a transformative experience right. too. But most of the classes I teach are uh, counseling related because it's a clinically oriented okay. program. Okay. So, and I'm a, I'm a clinical psychologist. So right. we're doing, you know, counseling theory and abnormal psych and uh, counselor identity and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. What's the most fun thing do you think that you do in the classroom? I mean, stories are fun, but what, do you like do any other like fun stuff that it's like you have them like write different scenarios and they've got to like, you know, do some role play theory? I, I'm just making shit up, but yeah. what, what do you yeah. do that's no, fun? Yeah, no, I don't do any of that. <laughs> there is no room for fun in the classroom unless I am at the center of it. <laughs> it's all about you. No. You are the puppet master. <laughs> 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 oh, so go back to my what? What are some other like the? Well, the, what do you think are the fun things? Fun. Um, I mean, so I'm just such a nerdy psychologist. I think like the really reflective activities and the conversations in small groups about hopes and dreams and how do you listen to somebody and how do you encourage somebody so they have to act, they have to actually do it. You know, mm -hmm. they have to talk about what are your what are your passions and your hopes for the future and somebody else has to do reflective listening to that. So, I mean, I don't know, it's, it's not all, you know, kicks and giggles, but it's, it, it, for me, it's fun because the students, when they leave, they're like, this is awesome. This is something I'm gonna, I gotta go home and do this with my boyfriend or I'm gonna <laughs> do this with my roommate or whatever, so. I'm gonna go home and analyze my boyfriend. <laughs> <That's> pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> last, last words of a relationship. <laughs> abnormal psych my instruction at the beginning of the semester and many classes please do not diagnose your friends family or yourself when we're talking about this particular uh, disorder yeah that's what I always hate about when I talk to clinicians I always think in the back of my head hmm are they thinking about what I'm thinking about yeah you know I want to promise you I am not analyzing you unless you give me your insurance card and a $25 code okay that's good to know yeah, otherwise See? I just can't be bothered because like I, I got other stuff to do it's you know because it's so funny because I don't know why I have so many friends that are clinicians and uh, they all have that nod down. Yeah. Where they're just like nodding at you and like, you know. Do they use silence? I love using the silence, silence with and people. Just, I just and sit just, and wait. And the nod. Yeah. The silence, the silence right now for our listeners, you know, is making me highly uncomfortable, but it's all good. <laughs> it's probably making she's, them uncomfortable. She, they're listening for a purpose here. She's getting great enjoyment. <laughs> enjoyment of it because this is a woman who today was taking pictures of me and drawing mustaches all over them and then sent me the picture of them and just was laughing so hard she was crying i literally was crying because i just made you look way more beautiful than you generally are <laughs> <laughs> that's right so yeah. anyway since the focus is on you now oh, i got a Lord. couple questions for you because this is what i do is i ask questions oh. i don't really answer them oh okay. enough about me let's talk about you let's talk so, about me that's how i actually live my whole life let's just talk about me yeah enough about enough about me what enough do you about, think about me enough about mork <laughs> we don't want to talk about mork anymore yeah we're done so so chip tell me where does the name chip come from well it's actually a um uh, uh, 
I just put her glasses on. I'm just like, feel like I'm blind. Yeah. Um, where does the name Chip come from? I've actually been called Chip since birth. It uh, is an interesting, well, not really interesting story. My mother decided that she was going to call me Charles Wesley because she thought that some way, you know, it sounded like regal that someday I would have a lot Sounds of money. Methodist. Does it? Yeah. We're Lutheran. <laughs> but uh, I guess it's in there. But uh, there was a uh, Chuck across the street and a Charlie up the street. And so she was just like, where she called me for dinner since we had six kids. She just wanted to make sure I came, so they decided they were going to call me Chip. So it was uh, 1967, so I've been called Chip since birth. Are you the youngest child? I am, of six. How many How many boys, how many girls? Five boys ah. and one girl. Six boys, two girls in my family. Really, where do you fall? Seven, I'm number seven. Are you really? Out of eight, yep. Hats off to the youngest kids. Yes, babies. Well, it's because we know that our parents love us. Yeah. I mean, either like oldest kids, you know, because never the first pancake never turns out the best, right? Right. right. And all the ones, all the ones in between are wondering, oh, do mom and dad really love me? I don't know. But the youngest, I mean, just we know. You just know. Yeah. yeah. And so we walk into every room with, ta-da! Ta-da! Here I'm I am here. with the the expectation that everything's going to go exactly how you want it to go because we're. We're just the cat's ass. I mean, yeah. we are it. On the other hand, yeah, we feel like we have something to prove our older to older siblings. That is so, Don't you that, think? That is so true. Yeah, because I remember when I I've got two older brothers that were in the navy that joined before I did, and so like I thought, okay, you know, if I graduated, I'm twenty five percent of my high school class, so it, that's why I ended up in the navy. But I knew that like the brother that was closest to me in age was five years older than I am. I was like, all right, so I was in the silent competition of like. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna pass him up, and then I did, and then it was kind of anticlimactic because I felt bad afterwards. Cause I called him, I was like, "Hey, you know, in the Navy, when you make chief petty officer, it's a big deal." So yeah. I was like, and it was my first time up, and I got promoted, and he had been up like six times and not been, and I was like, "I made it," and he, he's like, "Okay, that's really great. I'll talk to you later." Yeah. <laughs> that was it. Good it was for like, you, it was, it was like, yeah. <laughs> GFY, absolutely. <laughs> that was a discussion we had earlier today. For those of you who don't know, there are two one you know two meanings for that. One is good for you, which isn't really one anybody uses. The other one is something else. So you can kind of figure yeah, out what that would be. Yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So hashtag yep. GFY. Good, GFY. Good conversation earlier today, but good question on what you know that whole name thing. Yeah. Because. Uh, so Charles Wesley. Yes. Yes, Dr. You were, Mork. You were in the military. 22 years. 22 years. And then when you got out, you had like paralyzing freedom to make a choice of what's next. Right. How did you decide, like, where did you go next? What did you do? Uh, what did I do? Okay. When I first retired from the Navy, I didn't leave the house for a month. I just kind of enjoyed being in the house. I didn't shave. I traded in my regular uniform for a sweatpants uniform. Yes. But the thing about sweatpants is they lie to you. I mean, sweat, sweatpants will tell you, it's okay. You're eat good. that donut. Yep. It's okay. Eat that cookie. Yeah. But the, it, it, this isn't depression. This right. is relaxation. They, just, they, they like to you. And then when <laughs> yeah. you go to put on regular clothes, yeah. you're like, no, I'm this really ain't like, happening. Sweatpants, I thought you loved me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I thought you were my friend. But no, you're just like, yeah. no, screw you, Chip. So, um, so a week at home or a month at home. Month at home. And then uh, I'd been teaching some classes in leadership. And, you know, I found out that people speak for a living. And I thought, I could do that. I don't really have any other discernible skills, so I should probably do something that I'm actually decent at. So that's what I started doing. I started. That's what I've been doing the last ten years. So why humor? How did you end up in the field of humor studies? Like, what's this all about? For uh, humor studies, 
I don't really think I. There's so many people that are so much smarter than I am in the like in this association. They know so much more, you know, about you know. That's oh yeah, brain-based learning, and all, all this stuff. Yeah. It's like for me, I just um, I know for me, humor has always worked. It's been that one thing that has been the constant in my life that has helped me deal with different situations. So as a leader, it always helps me connect with my teams. That I knew that, uh, and it was funny is that if I could get the people around me to laugh about something or if I laughed at myself about something, it just created a completely different atmosphere. So when I was working on my master's thesis, and this is several years before I retired, I did on um, humor and education, you know, because I just, for me, I, the professors and the people I always remembered was, were the people that uh, helped me, you know, laugh and made me enjoy the entire process. That if I enjoyed the process, then I was going to retain more than just like you were talking about, like the rope memorization where you bring it in, you barf it out on a piece of paper, then and then gone. I never think about it again. Right. But those were the people who always meant something to me. And so it was kind of interesting that uh, I didn't even know about AATH, but I had found out about it through the World Laughter Tour because um, uh, during the course of my life uh, with my past marriage I had gone through my wife being deployed and I was a single parent with four kids ages 10 and younger and so you know it was the ability to laugh that really helped us through all of that and yeah. so then I found out about what they were doing at the Pentagon with you know, deployed service member families to with these laughter club to help them laugh and I thought oh I want to do that so I paid my way through the training and you know actually my last job I was commanding officer of the Navy Reserve Center in Milwaukee and we had people that are deployed and I actually in uniform, held these laughter clubs with service member spouses, right? And I would have other other officers walk by me and look at me like, uh, you can be pretty comfortable in your masculinity to do something <laughs> like that. And I'm like, look, man, it helps. No kidding. It absolutely helps. So, and then I, uh, through them, I found out about AATH and um, applied for a scholarship that year. And it was kind of funny because I, um, Alan Klein, who actually I referenced in my, um, my uh, master's thesis work, you know, he had a scholarship for humor in the workplace. So I wrote this essay, and then after it, whereas I read the, like usual, I didn't read the whole thing. I just read like, you know, hey, it's a humor in the workplace. So I wrote it, and then I realized it was only supposed to be 600 words, and I wrote 1,200 words. Uh -huh. So when I submitted it, I wrote I wrote on the cover letter, if this is too long, only read half. <laughs> so that's that's why I think that, that actually, was funny. That, that's why I think that I won, and I came in the first conference, and that was in 2006. So I've been, you know, with, you know, the association and kind of, had an interest in you know humor since because it's just, you know like I said it's the one thing that's always been a constant in my life yeah so yeah help me connect with people and just cope with different things it's just been uh, awesome yeah how about, I, about you how did you get involved how did you get here okay so I was interested in humor um, humor studies and in 2010 I went to a conference for the Association for Personality and Social Psychology out here in San Diego and I attended the pre-conference which was the psychology of humor mm -hmm. and it was a very serious academic conference and in this pre-conference that I attended there were 12 people 10 presenters me and the sound guy so I was the one person in the audience and uh -huh. the presenters were like Bob Mancroft who is the editor uh, of uh, the of the comics in the New Yorker. So you've seen the New Yorker, the very funny comics. Yeah. Bob Mankoff is the guy who draws and, and writes many of them and selects the others. I mean, he they talked about him on Seinfeld when uh, uh, Elaine was trying to get her cartoon into the New Yorker. Uh -huh. Bob Mankoff was the guy they were talking about. This conference was such a pissing contest. Sorry for the language there. Um, 
that when a presenter would get up and present, he would not make eye contact with any of the other presenters, but only speak to me. Because I was the only person in the audience that they didn't hate, right? <laughs> and at the end of this conference, I mean, at lunch, I'm sit the we break for lunch, and Bob Mankoff comes straight for me. He goes, who are you having lunch with? And I said, uh, nobody. And he said, you'll eat with me. So he grabbed me before. So everyone else had to eat alone because they uh, couldn't stand each other. Oh, crazy. And I had lunch with Bob Mankoff, uh -huh. which to me was like, you know, one of the Rolling Stones. Yeah. So um, I left at the end of that conference thinking there has got to be something better uh -huh. about, you know, humor studies. This That sucked. It yeah. really sucked. And so I literally got back to work on Monday morning and opened up my computer and I Googled therapeutic humor uh -huh. and up came AAPH. Really? And yeah. And so I went to the um, conference in Chicago. And oh, our 25th. Yeah. I had so much That was a good fun. conference. I laughed until I cried. And I had asked my administrative assistant to sign me up for this conference. And uh -huh. she said, do you want to go to the pre-conference? And I said, yeah, sure. Turned out it was the Humor Academy. So uh -huh. I was enrolled in Level 1 Humor Academy, my first conference. And right. Um, I found my tribe. I went home the, after the first AAPH conference and felt like I had found my place in this world. Right. You know, I love academia. I love being a clinician. I, you know, I love my profession, but there was a piece of me that had not been expressed until I found AAPH. Right. And so since then, I come to every conference and um, I love it. And up until recently, I'd been in a lot of leadership positions. I was the director of the Humor Academy for right. a while. I was on the board. And then last year when my husband got sick, I had to step down from all of those roles. And so this year I'm here just as a participant, not as a leader. And it's just been so refreshing to really be able to absorb. Absorb and just go to the sessions and just stuff. Just like love yeah. it yeah. and be free to enjoy it. It's so funny you say that because it's like when, um, like I said, my first conference in 20, uh, 2006 and then I think it was 2008 I was on the board I was on the board like for a year several years and I was president I was past president and I was conference chair a couple times I never got to do enjoy jack. it I never got yeah. to do I was always working man yeah. and so it's like you know this time in the last couple of years I haven't been able to come and I finally got uh, because of varied issues and so this year I was like oh man it's gonna be so nice just kind of like hang out and talk to people and just like you said absorb yeah just because there's a certain energy there's so much energy here and yeah. the thing is is I don't I don't regret any of the leadership positions that I've had and I'll probably do it again mm. but for now I'm just in a in a place where I I need to be taken care of and yeah. this is this is one of the best forms of self-care for me that I've engaged in for in a really long time yeah I remember my first conference I had uh, Told Brian, I was like, I'm not gonna be able to go back to real life after this because real people are not this nice. No, they, they, or this funny. Yeah, or, or this like concerned for your welfare. Like right. you get up in front of them to do something, and they just cheer right. for you no matter how bad you suck. They're there for you. Right. It's a, it's a, it's a phenomenal experience. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I was just sharing that yesterday with uh, a couple years ago. I was conference chair in Philadelphia, and they, um, they were, uh, um, they were. Um, Talking about you know one of the speakers I'd you know brought in, they're like, well, "What's the audience like?" I'm like, "This is like an absolute dream audience." I mean, you're not. I mean, this is like the best audience there because they want you to do well. Yeah. I mean, you know, you could go up and drop a deuce on stage, yeah. and they're still gonna be happy. They're gonna be like, <laughs> "Don't say that." They're gonna be like, "Hey, that's so happy, happy yeah. for you." Yeah, right. They're very invested in your success. That's for sure. <laughs> it's so funny. So, 
So you've been coming since Chicago, man. That's yeah. that's a while. What, that was uh, six years ago. Six years ago with Chicago, and we'll be back in Chicago next year. I know awesome. that's great. So if you had to pare it down, all right. So you've been all these leadership roles, doing all this other stuff. So what are some like? I don't want to say key things that you've really like been realizations for you in your uh, humor journey. You know, of going to the conferences and you know, it's like what have been some of the biggest things that you've you've taken away from being a part of uh, the group? You know, I think the theme this year is resilience, and for me, it is profoundly um, meaningful and timely because my husband just passed away a couple months ago now, and. Um, my kids, I have two teenagers, ages 13 and 18, and the three of us, our broken little family now, we're hobbling through it, but the way we hobble through it is by laughing, by mm -hmm. m making each other laugh. Um, and to me, that is really at the heart of our surviving this, in our, at the heart of us being resilient in this, is that um, even the night that he died, we went home and um, we laid on his and my king size bed and we cried and then somebody said one of us said something and I don't remember what but it was funny and we started to laugh and so we're laughing with the tears of sadness still yeah. wet on our faces and that pretty much defines our family right now mm -hmm. is that we are laughing with the tears still wet on our faces and uh, I, we will be okay I know we will be okay and partly the Part of the reason I know that is because when we laugh, we are forecasting to each other that we will be okay. Right. So to me right now, that's the most profound piece wow. for humor. Okay, I'm gonna take a uh, real quick break, so I gotta get her out. Oh, okay, nice. Um, I'm leaving that on there because I, I, I don't have anything to say after that story right there, so. Um, your turn to ask questions. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's He's crying, everybody. I made Chip cry. Uh, not, uh, pretty close, <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, what about you? So, what's next for you? You're, uh, you're a speaker. You're all about leadership. You're, you're a funny guy, and humor is infused in what you do and how you lead and how you present. What's your next goal? Where do you go from here? Where do I go from here? That's a good question. I ask myself that all the time. You know, like. Strategically, I have no idea. Tactically, like, I've got a learning plan for the summer. Like, being at the conference, I just have heard so many people talk about different things. I realized there are a lot of things that I really need to learn. So it's like, all right, so, you know, every summer I set up a learning plan for myself because I think it's important to, like, always have some time. And the summer, usually, when I have a little bit more time. So I was like, all right, what I really need to focus in on this summer is to shore up some of my knowledge on some of the things and really do a deeper dive on things. So, you know, when I... Like I know some things, but there are a lot of things I don't know anything about. So my learning plan is really get a little bit deeper on, you know, humor and resilience, and really, you know, think about you know, neurologically some of the things that are happening, so I can actually understand things a little bit more. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense, is that so that you can relay it to your audiences? Yeah, absolutely. Because it's um, I've been doing a lot of thinking lately about you know the the. Uh, Cause I'm, 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 I look at I'm a great application based you know speaker. It's like I because I, I know the theory, but I've also actually been in charge of people, so I know you know what leadership looks like and how to do things, and that's what I share with people is like how to do things. Just like you were talking about, we were talking about in your classroom. Yeah, yeah. Theory is nice, but I I, I want to know what works. Yeah. You know? So it's uh, with that, 
I was thinking about, all right, so what I really like to do is look at, you know, some uh, maybe like the neuroscience of, you know, the the leadership things that I, the application-based things that I talked about, you know, where do I get that? And I was like, all right, so these are the people at the conference I actually need to like connect with mm-hmm. so I can, you know, when I don't know something, yeah. I, I can reach out. You to, have a resource. I am a horrible researcher. Yeah. I, it's, it's, I mean, when I took stats class in graduate school, <laughs> the guy came in, the professor came and was like, well, this is a grad class. Everybody gets an A or B. And I was like, I'll take the B. I missed <laughs> I missed half the classes, <laughs> and when he would do the bell curve, you know, he'd have like one grade to start off here and a yeah, big yeah, cluster yeah, yeah. up here. I was that one down at the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the always boat. that outlier <laughs> that made the him boat, look bad. Boat curve, but <laughs> I was working full time. I was taking nine hours, of, you know, trying to finish up before kids. I trained. Before, yeah, my yeah. all my kids were small, so I was just like something had to give, and I was yeah, like, not eh, my priority. It's stats. Yeah, stats is leaving. So, um, <laughs> I never really quite learned, you know, the the formal stuff on uh, researching. So. But yeah, we have we have researchers here. Exactly, so you don't, you people, don't need to know people it. are smarter than me, and I was like, you know, these are the people I need to connect with so I can uh, set up my learning plan for the summer. And then after that, it's um, I'm just thinking about how to be a better benefit to the people around me. You know, with that with that deeper dive. You know, how do I take what I know and you know package it up so it's just a, a better benefit to people? Because I think people want a little more uh, a deeper knowledge, and I want a deeper knowledge of stuff. Because like I said, I know it works, but I don't know. I'm not sure why. Yeah. I just know that these are the things that, you know, it worked for me. I know that, you know, leadership's, you know, it's uh, 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 personal in nature that the only secret to leading people is really all about people. And so you have to look for ways to connect. And going back to the other thing about humor, humor has been the one thing to help me connect with people. So, absolutely. You know, even if I had like a crappy job I was giving somebody, if we could have a little bit of fun with it, it just made it better all the way around. Absolutely. Yeah. So, absolutely wrong. What's next for you? What's next for me? You know, besides conquering the world and being so awesome. Okay, well, I'm working on that. But okay, so I am really exercising self care in all of this, uh-huh. all that we're going through right now. And one of the things you're gonna think I'm nuts, but one of the things I love to do, I just learned how to do last year, is uh, pottery, ceramics. I like to throw pottery on the wheel. Okay. And I like to make coffee mugs, and I like to put faces on these coffee mugs and right now like cartoon faces and a lot of these faces are either funny or grief stricken and so I I make these mugs I fire these mugs I do you have your own kiln, or you take them someplace? At the university, they. My, oh man, you're such a cheater! Cause I know. Because kil- kilns are so expensive. I, I was like, man, you got your no, own kiln. I'm just like, I have Ooh. no free reign of the pottery. <laughs> they took pity on the old widow and said, "Here, you can you can use all the equipment." And so I give it all there. But awesome. I love that. So my summer is pretty much going to be throwing pots. That's cool. You should put it on Fiverr and like have people like buy them from you. That would be cool. Yeah. You have your own little like. Because well, uh, right now I just throw them. Because I, I mean, how many mugs do you really need? How many do you need? And yeah. then you give them to all your family. Yeah, and they're, and they're like, like, they're, oh. like oh, sh- they're like, shit. Yeah. Melissa's gave us another mug. <laughs> I know. They're like, they're we better put it on. Oh, display. she's coming. She's she's coming over. Get the mugs out. <laughs> Get that dumb mug out. <laughs> and you're there. No, this is a depiction of you. This looks like you. Like, oh yeah, yeah, it looks just like me. Thanks. <laughs> I love it. So that's my summer. My summer is going to be. And biking. I'm going to be biking. I'm going to be paddle boarding, and I'm going to be throwing mugs yeah. on the wheel. So, so you get a whole tactical plan, like for the summer, like I do. And yeah. then I figure, well, I'll think strategically in the fall, get it all worked out on where I'm going with different things. So yeah, yeah that's awesome. Yeah. Now, if uh, people want to find you after today, where yeah. do they where do they connect with uh, well, Doctor Mork? I'm on. I'm here. sorry. Just where do they where do they connect with Mork? 
Yeah, how do they find Mork? Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I, I, did you know that my uh, one of my tweets was read by Jimmy Fallon on hashtags? Did you know that? No. That's my claim to fame. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. You can't find it anymore. You should get a, a you should get a tattoo of his face. You know, is with that Jimmy with Fallon with with the tweet underneath it. Yeah, that would yeah, be awesome. That would be awesome. Um, so I'm Facebook, Twitter, um, and I'm on the faculty list of faculty at University of Northwestern St. Paul. Just if you're looking under psychology, I'm the first one because I chair the department. So. <laughs> <laughs> I chair the department. I'm the chair. Yeah. Well, I really enjoyed talking to you. This is such a different format because we just, just like had a like a fun conversation where we just like talked about different things and yeah. you know shared some different things. So yeah. I, I don't care that. what other people say about you. I think you're fine. I think you're a nice guy. <laughs> I think you're even a little bit funny, no matter what anyone I don't, else says. You know what's funny is I don't really care what other people think <laughs> either. That's that's pretty much how I live my life. It's like uh, it's funny. I'm very. On the things I care about, I'm very chip centric, yes. you know, and I don't really think that makes me a bad person. Oh no! I think it actually makes me a human being. It makes it's you that, really honest. Because <laughs> it's like, it's <laughs> like I, that's how I classify th- things. I used to tell my staff all the time. I'd be like, when I uh, was in the Navy, I was like, I classify everything one of two ways: things I care about and things I don't care about. If I do care about it, you know, I'm gonna be, you know, kind of involved. If I don't care about it. You have the full authority of the yeah. commanding officer to go out and do whatever the hell you need to do to there take care go. of it because. I don't care. Knock yourself out. So you come to my office, you're like, oh, this and this and this. And I'm like, you know what? You got the con. Take that. Yeah. So I'm just like, it just saves me a lot of stress in my life. And just Learn. like, you know, just, just stick, stick with the things that uh, I actually care about. Well, yep. thank you, thank Dr. You. Mork, for your time today. This is great. Thank you. This is Laugh <laughs> the podcast for laughter and humor professionals. Laughbox is made possible by a grant from the National Speakers Foundation and is brought to you by AATH, the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. Find out more at AATH.org. Be sure to review Laughbox on iTunes. For show notes and more information about today's conversation, visit laughbox.aath.org.